This show is brought to you by Drift Outfitters in Toronto at 199 Queen Street East. Drift is remaining open during these difficult times, but with a new way of getting you your fly fishing goods without allowing customers into the shop. Visit them online at driftoutfitters.com to order products and take advantage of free shipping across Canada on orders over 100 bucks. Why not help them out during this difficult time for small businesses? Give them a shout out on Instagram. Got a great photo to share? Tag at Drift Outfitters. Also, you can tag your fly tying picks with hashtag self-isolation to show your friends and your followers how you're spending your downtime. Giving Drift more exposure and love right now is one way we can help keep them going. These are tough times, and we must find a way to continue supporting our community store. Visit driftoutfitters.com for more information. Welcome to another episode of SoFly. It's April 10th. Can you believe it? And it's like two degrees outside here. My name is Mitch. We got Aldo. Uh, hey, everybody. We got Yelma. Hey, everyone. And we've got a very special guest on the show today. He's uh, he's coming back for round two. Uh, it's a friend of ours out in Montana. We've got uh, angler and guide Matt Dodson on the show. Matt, how's it going? It's going great. Thanks for having me back. Yeah. Um, it's been a while since our November Texas redfish trip. Yeah, man. That was a that's a great time. Like, geez. Yeah, I'm We've tired been... of hearing about it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we, we missed you. Yeah, you almost got you almost got to come yeah. on the next one for sure. Next one, yeah. Um, Matt, yeah. whereabouts are you calling from today? So, um, we, my family and I, live full time in uh, Ennis, Montana, or at least most of the time, um, when I'm not uh, pulling them around uh, different areas down south fishing. Um, but yeah, we live right in downtown Ennis. Uh, lived here for five years um in this house and you know we're uh, a block and a half from the madison and a block and a half from the gravel bar are you a block and a half from this distillery uh yeah actually um i w- took my daughter on a walk the other day and you could buy it through the window oh no you know, amazing we're on obviously they're still selling bourbon through the window Amazing. Oh, Obviously, I'm good. talking about uh, a distillery in Ennis. Uh, Bighorn, wait, Willie's Distillery. And I'm drinking yeah. Bighorn bourbon whiskey from yeah. Montana. That's right. Um, they're getting pretty big. I think um, they're setting up a, another uh, place in Big Sky. Oh, nice. Oh, crazy. You know, and, and you can find that Bighorn bourbon. I mean, obviously, all the way out in Toronto. Yeah. Oh, I bought. Oh, I bought it when I was in Ennis. Oh, you this did. Is like, nice. This is like yeah. my last. This is like my last droplet. Crazy. I'm saving it for you. Yeah. You've got a lot more willpower than I do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Matt. It's nice to have you on, man. I think. Uh, well, the last time you were on, I wasn't able to do it. Like, we haven't actually podcasted <laughs> together. Yeah. <laughs> do you remember well, that? You, you were in the. <laughs> That was a heck of a night. Oh my God. I remember like when I edited that podcast, when we got back or whatever, I was just like, I was just hearing myself in the background, just like screaming at the toilet. I'm just like, Oh my God. (laughs) Yeah. So it's, it's nice though. We're doing round two. Um, and you said you got out fishing today or yesterday? I did yesterday. Um, it's, you know, April can be hit or miss for weather up here. Yeah. And, um, you know, none of us are guiding because it's considered by the governor, um, non-essential business right mm. so we're pretty much quarantined and then trying to stay spaced out enough on the river to have some fun when the weather's nice but it was yeah. like uh 65 um degrees fahrenheit 
um, super uh, calm, which never happens, and sunny. Oh man! Um, so we well, kind of river nice. to ourselves. And um, fished some streamers and caught mostly browns and some rainbows. Oh, nice! Yeah. You were saying you're expecting like this time of year is mostly like kind of worm type of fishing, eh? Uh, squirmies yeah, and stuff. Bugs and uh, you know, I, I've been out wade fishing a few times before mm-hmm. um, on colder days, and the fish were still kind of stuck in their winter holes. Yeah. And you know, you stand there with a bobber and two nymphs and some weight, and you're catching fish, but you know that's your one hole, and you it, it gets a little for me anyway. It gets a little boring. I like covering water and yeah. Uh, you know, stripping or throwing dries or yada, yada, yada. But yeah, um, no, it was great. Uh, really kind of unexpectedly good. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, that was sick, man. Super jealous. Yeah, it's pretty cold up in Ontario right now. We were getting snow. It was like snowing this morning and yesterday too. And Well, know. where you are, I mean, Toronto's kind of bizarre, right? I mean, two days ago it was 14. It was nice. Yeah, it's like this. It's, it's, yeah, it's hot today, but um the north wind is starting to blow you can feel a cold front coming and the yeah. weekend's gonna be freezing yeah. below freezing yeah jeez. yeah crazy but. well why don't we go back to and just give people because i know we talked a little bit about your fishing background and stuff like that on the last show but why don't we just give people a quick up like kind of quick history on how you got into fly fishing where you're from originally and how you found yeah. your way to montana yeah um thanks uh, i grew up in uh, Dallas, Texas. Uh, so, you know, we bass fished all the time out in East Texas on some of those, uh, you know, it's like blackwater lakes. It's really, yeah. um, habitat for largemouth. And in the summers, uh, my grandfather, my grandparents started bringing us, um, up to Ennis, Montana. Mm. Uh, um, so I think I was six, my first time here, five or six. And, uh, they gave me a little Zedco, um, push button rod and nice. I was so mad because they I didn't get one of those cool long ones that my grandfather and dad had. <laughs> yeah. So I started really early uh, casting a fly rod and fortunately the area that we um, fished mainly uh, was the, the channels of the Madison just upstream from Ennis Lake. So the uh, you can probably hear my daughter crying in there. Yeah, you got the whole um, family. It's kind of, we were just yeah, talking man. before the call, how fun it is. You got the whole family there. and Quarantine, yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so the weight access down there, weight fishing, it's really easy. Like, yeah. you know, an eight-year-old kid can walk around and not get into too much trouble and throw a parachute Adams or a yeah. hopper or whatever and catch fish. Yeah. Um, so finished college in Gunnison, Colorado, and moved up here the next day. Um <laughs> That's amazing because uh, you knew you yeah, just knew like you wanted to get up yeah, to Montana. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, oh. So much it was. Uh, is I I never really understood why we lived in Dallas. You know, if we liked Montana so much. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I get it now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's nice. I had to be here as soon as possible for sure. Yeah. How long How long ago was that when you when you graduated? Um, well, that was in two thousand nine. Mm. Um, in May of 09. and uh, yeah, I came up here and. I uh, moved to Bozeman initially because, um, you know, I was 23, 24, and it was a happening place, a good place for. Bozeman is uh, awesome. Yeah, it's amazing. And um, just started guiding um, and I guided all over, you know, I think out here when you're starting out guiding, um, you just say yes to everybody. And 
uh, someone calls you to guide the Yellowstone, you say, yeah, sure. Um, you know, and so I was going from the Gallatin to the Yellowstone to the Madison to the Big Hole, the Jefferson, the Beaverhead. I mean, oh, man. 30,000 miles on the car. Mm. Um, but most of the work and most of my really solid mentors were in Ennis and uh, we just decided to uh, settle down here. And um, I love the Madison. It's, it's uh, yeah. Uh, you know sentimental to me in a lot of ways and i know it like the back of my hand i still remember like certain rocks where i caught certain fish as a kid and you know i just i just know it yeah the back of your hand yeah yeah, yeah so i mean i'm been... oh, sorry go ahead i was just saying like you know when i think it was three years ago was my first time yeah. in montana and yeah, driving yeah. driving west to west to east i think mm-hmm. the madison was when i first like although bozeman was super cool and stuff the madison was like I didn't plan on going to Ennis, but for those of you who don't, or for those of you who haven't been, uh, it's just this magic little pocket. You drive through the mountain valley and then all of a sudden, like it just kind of opens up and you see the Madison meandering through. You see the foothills in the background. What mountain range is that? Um, the Madison range is to the east. And okay. the gravelly range is the less dramatic one to the west. So you just, you yeah. just, you know, you see these, you know, vaulted mountains behind you and it's just like everything you ever thought of about Montana is right there in Ennis. Yeah. It's yep. like, it's amazing. Towering mountains and, uh, but you also have the wide open vistas and, uh, you know, you feel the vastness of the area. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a nice, sometimes you get a little complacent and take it for granted, but most of the time it doesn't take much to remember <laughs> how lucky we are. Yeah. And, and no one can see this, but um, your fridge just opened up on its own and looked like a ghost. <laughs> it's probably your daughter. Like, yeah, yeah. Well, this house was built in like 1929, so you never know. <laughs> oh, man, that's wicked. That's and so for a while, too, you were guiding in Texas as well, right? You were going back and forth yeah. between both. Yeah. Um, so a few years ago, um, I had acquired a lot of saltwater experience um, taking bonefish trips and doing some hosting down there and just got caught the bug, you know, uh, yeah. mm-hmm. definitely listening to you guys um, with your Mexico and Tobago trips and, and your Texas trips with me. Yeah. Um, y'all feel the same way, I think. Oh yeah. Um, and uh, I just sort of realized that my home state um, had this amazing fishery that sort of gets overlooked. Yeah. Um, and so we went down there a couple of years ago and, um made the move and spent you know the fall through spring um was kind of my time down there and um it it worked out in a whole lot of ways um and i I think it was a success and i'll still keep it in my back pocket but and um owning two houses is uh yeah incredibly difficult for a full-time fishing guide and once we had our daughter um, moving the family back and forth across the country twice yeah. a year is uh, even harder. So yeah, it's yeah. decent. Yeah. yeah, you know, I've still I've got great connections down there. Um, uh, like you guys hung out with Joe. Um, he's got a good thing going, and then a couple other um, really good guys that I've got a lot of respect for that have been there for a while. Um, Captain William Townsend and Ken Jones. Um, you know, they've. Um, you know, we're we're all. Uh, still 
talking and uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm not closing the door on that. It's something I might go back to, or at least go back to in like a hosted trip sort of uh, um, way, I guess. Yeah. 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 Oh, that makes sense. I mean, yeah. How long of a drive was it from Montana to Texas each time you did that? Oh man. Well, it's 24 hours um, to Dallas. So we, that'd be like two and a half, three days drive. That's decent, um, man. There. And then, you know, another six hours from Dallas. So would, would you tow the skiff or did you leave it in Texas? Uh, I left it in Texas. Yeah. Okay. I, I didn't, even though it was pretty tempting to have it on Ennis Lake or Hebgen Lake or something like that. I'd, I'd have the most badass trout boat. In Montana. <laughs> yeah, that'd be but, sick. Uh, I didn't want to put those miles on the trailer. Something yeah. bad would happen. Oh man, yeah. for sure. Yeah, true. For yeah. sure. 24 hours. Jesus. Yeah. yeah. I get yeah. cranky with six. That's a trek, man. Yeah. yeah. I remember when you drove down to Texas, when we came down, you had driven your truck that way. I was like, Holy crap, man. Like, yeah and when it's just me it's way more doable you know i can mm-hmm. i can do pretty long pushes but uh mm-hmm. when we got the kiddo in the car seat and mm-hmm. the u-haul and the second car and it's uh it's quite the circus yeah <laughs> yeah oh my god yeah but you know it's um so we're back here we spent uh, the winter here and I went back to my ski patrol job. So that was a nice change of pace. Yep. Um, I'm supposed to be in the Bahamas right now, uh, hosting trips, uh, and fishing the West side of Andros. So, mm. you know, when we get these freezing temperatures and cold fronts up here right now, and I'm stuck inside on quarantine and yeah. everything everybody else is dealing with right now, it's, uh, yeah hard not to think about what i would be doing when did you start hosting trips in the bahamas yeah so that was back in uh, 2015 um just by you know like any business i think it's who you know and connections you make and um knew the right people and such this this tiny little place on the west side of andros um you know has access to the most amazing backcountry um, estuary, you know, uh, nursery, I should say, for for bonefish, juvenile bonefish, and then uh, legendary um, big bonefish flats, um, mm. part of the Bahama Bank, which is, uh, I, I think, it's the largest flat in the Western Hemisphere. Oh man! Wow! So wow! Which is fifty miles out, all the way to um, the Jesus. Gulf Stream. Fifty miles. Yeah. So it's not all like. <laughs> Weighable flat, right? It, it, yeah. You get averages like twelve foot of depth change every mile. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. But you can be out fifty mile, forty nine miles out there, and it's still twenty two, twenty five feet deep or something like that. It's just crazy. That's gnarly. Uh, yeah, but it's just sure. really, it's really remote, and um, yeah, the bonefish are are dumb and, and plentiful. It's, it's <laughs> the best combination of fishing, right? Yeah, man, that's a pretty good little system that you've got going on, hosting trips there and then guiding in Montana and then yeah. Texas too. Well, I mean, and they play off of each other. You know, I was able to meet all these great folks um, in Andros. Mm-hmm. And um, since they don't operate in the summer, um, it was a great opportunity to say, hey, you know, I don't know if you've ever fished the Madison River, but you should come up. So um, that allowed me to get uh, my outfitter license in the state of Montana. So yeah. I'm, I'm kind of good. Oh, nice. Independent. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. 
And then, of course, it also, yeah, like you say, it also, like, connects with other people who might be looking to fish in other places, right? And you can keep yeah. that business going. Yeah. That's and cool. And those guys, you know, were, like, super stoked on uh, Texas Redfish. Yeah. And even when I was brand new there and only knew a few places to go, um, they were excited to come fish with me and kind of guinea pig. Yeah. So that was, uh, that was really nice. Yeah. I'd uh, happily guinea pig with you any day. That was, yeah, Texas was amazing. <laughs> so fun. <laughs> yeah. So fun, man. Do you, uh, do you find it hard? Like, I mean, you could place like Montana where there is so much fly fishing tourism. Like, is it hard busting out to be like to bust out on your own as a guide? Like what kind of process is that? Yes and no. I think, um, I don't think it's hard to get a position as a guide necessarily um, because there is such high demand, you know, it's a huge destination um, and well known across the world for being um, sort of the place in the US anyway, um, in my opinion, to go catch trout on a fly rod. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, um, big time. It is because of that saturation, it is harder to um, stick with it and be successful with it and make it a career. Mm-hmm. You know, you got to um, sort of wade through a lot of uh, figuring out who to be, um, mm-hmm. you know, attached with and figure out what you like too. you know. And, um, you know, I, I mentioned earlier how when I first started, I just had to say yes to everything and say, yes, I can. And I'll be there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And then that's when you start making your connections and, um you know, which has been the, the only reason I've been able to fish all over the world and learn how to guide saltwater and all these opportunities I've had is, is just um, making an effort to find the right people to be associated with up here in Montana. Right. Making those connections. Yeah. It's a far reaching guide community. I mean, people here in Ennis, you know, they're going to the Keys, the Seychelles, Patagonia, Greenland, Kamchatka, you know, all, yeah. all over the world. And so it's, it's kind of a cool deal. Yeah. Yeah. What were some of the uh, challenges you faced, like when starting up, like what are some of the, the things that, cause you, you say it's just hard work and dedication obviously pays off, yeah. but what are some yeah. of those like initial challenges? Um, you know, learning, um, a lot of it's learning the etiquette and just how to be right. And that's everywhere. Uh, every fishery has its own little nuances and, I was fortunate enough to kind of uh, get brought under the wings of a couple of veteran outfitters here. Yeah. And they just, in my opinion, do it right. And so, but they were real hard on me, especially if I was working for them Yeah. on making sure like I minded my P's and Q's, but I, I definitely got uh, yelled at and chewed out a few times for, you know, not looking behind me before I pulled my anchor and started rowing again and right you know right. Cut people off or got too close to somebody or you know didn't get in line right at the boat ramp or, you right know, right yeah. right right so it's the etiquette it's etiquette when it comes to like uh in in terms of other boats and other people but also like in your boat how to deal with guests and stuff like that right yeah absolutely yeah. Uh, and, and how to um not only the, the technical aspect of of guiding um, which I, in my opinion, I think everybody uh, has the potential to learn, but dealing with the people and, yeah. you know, you get, you get people from every 
demographic in every place in the world and um, yeah, learning how to connect with all those folks. Uh, some people have it and some people don't. And I think it's obvious the ones that don't because they get washed out real quick. Totally. Right. Got to have a certain personality for it, right? Like you're a pretty nice, easy going guy. So it's like getting along yeah, with anybody, yeah. right? It's like maybe a bit easier yeah. for you, but. Yeah. And you know, this is me excited right now. So <laughs> <laughs> if, you, if you miss the fish, uh, I'm not going to. Yes. Uh, out and make you cry or anything. It's, you oh, know, yeah. we'll go, we'll go find another one. I, and I think you guys, um, spent three days with me on the boat in Texas and, uh, mm-hmm. you know, you, you probably got a good taste of my attitude towards it. If, if, if I start yelling and, uh, you know, mm-hmm. cursing and, uh, slapping the water with my push pole or stomping around, it's, it's usually, it's always directed at the fish and not the fisherman. <laughs> yeah. 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 No, for sure, man. Yeah, I mean, I, I, we were saying the other day on a call, a podcast that's coming out Sunday, this upcoming Sunday that uh, I remember trout setting on like a bunch of fish and you're just like, yeah, whatever. That's cool. Whatever. You know, like, <laughs> visibly like going to kill me. And I'm just like trout yeah. setting on these things. <laughs> but yeah. Especially in salt, I think uh, guides, captains, there's a, sort of preconceived notion that they're pretty uh high strung and amped up and uh sort of hard on you and i I think that's the truth i've experienced it but Mm. uh, for the most part i think the way that's just the way it comes out but the reality is they want you to catch that fish so bad you know yeah Mm -hmm. Uh, and so that that's where I, i think that comes from but um you know and I try to bring the calm, not the chaos. Yeah. And if I'm calm, then I find that the anglers are calm yes. and laid back about it. And yeah. it, in the long run, I think it pays dividends. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Oh, it seems so after seeing that footage in Texas. So, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I definitely, you know, yeah. felt the calm. Like my free, think my, the, I was fishing with you the second day and we had this like pod of redfish, like right tight to the bank. They're like making their way down, yeah. and I cast it into the grass, and you're just like, just pull it through the grass, and it like plopped off of the grass into the water, yeah. and then one of the redfish ate it. Yeah, yeah. And he's like, Perfect. and I was like, oh, awesome. <laughs> yeah, we're just. Shot. That was just from. That was just from staying calm. That was just because yeah. I, I was about to freak out and recast. Yeah, if you had you know ripped it out of the grass, then you know it might mm-hmm. have caused big, you know, uh, disruption and blown those yeah. fish. Up. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So. In terms of like a guiding season, Montana, like I think, well, something we don't have to deal with here is runoff. Yeah. Right? yeah. So, like, what does your season kind of look like? Do you start in April and then kind of take a break and then get back on the um, water? Or? Yeah. So I used to, and that's kind of what uh, until I started, you know, going down and fishing saltwater. Um, but spring fishing gets going in Montana, at least in the fishing towns like Ennis and Livingston, maybe. Um, and up on the Missouri, like out of Craig, Montana, mm. uh, they, it gets going around April. And then, yeah, we do, um, even though we are a tailwater here on the Madison, we still experience runoff because the reservoirs are filling up and they have to release. Right. Yeah. Right. And, but we also do have feeder creeks throughout, you know, the stretch of the upper Madison. So while it doesn't usually last as long, I think, um, it does change things. We go from, um, you know, maybe some caddis hatching um, before runoff, mm-hmm. um, but it's it's a nymph fishery, 
for the most part. Mm-hmm. Um, and then runoff happens um, usually like maybe 10th of June, give or take a few days is like the peak. Yeah. So end of in Mother's Day through the second week of June, uh, first half of June is sort of when the Madison gets um, high and off color. And some days it's unfishable. Some days you can still get away with it. Um, mm. But uh, that's sort of when everybody starts gearing up for the salmon flies. Um, and everybody gets anxious. And yeah. you, know, you see on Instagram, like, pictures of every salmon fly that's hatched on the first day. <laughs> yeah. and, and then everybody wonders why we get so crowded. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it usually takes, um, you know, a good spike in water temp and a decrease in those flows for those bugs to start um, crawling to the banks and hatching. Yeah. And then it's game on. That's, that's when I, I don't usually book clients until like June 20th. Okay. Um, and then oh, okay. pull on like every day through mid October. Oh, wow. First awesome. Yeah. 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 Um, and I grew up fishing July and August on the Madison. And so I, I only fished dry flies growing up. And so that's, that's how I know the river the best. And so for me, my confidence is in all those hatches and, uh, on a, really good year like last uh last summer it, i had a dry fly on um every day from like the 24th of june um through i think we had a cold front like september 17th or something like that but it was like oh wow jeez you know, it was <laughs> like awesome. uh, yeah it was like salmon flies to golden stones to caddis to mayflies to hoppers oh that's rad it's, yeah it's a pretty fun year and yeah, I mean, the fish in the Madison are amazing. They're huge. Yeah, I mean, you know, we don't get like the, um, in fact, there's been a study like our, our large fish population is decreasing um, uh, a little bit over the last year or two. Oh, um, really? However, but, you know, we still like, I caught, you know, a dozen 22s last summer. And um, usually we get, uh, fish a little bit bigger you know 23 24 maybe mm-hmm. one or two of those a year but um the the noticeable part about the madison is the fish are all healthy you know mm-hmm. like you catch a 14 inch brown and he's just solid muscle or you know the the 18 inch fish combined with you know the current um and the strength of that fish it's going to take you for a ride yeah oh man 22s, lost 20, 12 22s is pretty good though. That's a good, pretty good season. <laughs> Heck yeah. And it's amazing. Like, you know, you, it's to modest, amazing how modest big that fish is. Yeah. And, um, it's amazing how I think I remember like when I was just starting out, I'd catch like a big fish and I I'd bring it towards the boat or bring it towards the net. And I'd be like, Oh yeah, that's 22 all day. <laughs> and, you measure it and it's like 19, you know, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. 22, 22 inch fish is it's a big fish. Oh yeah. yeah. Why don't we go through kind of like a typical day on, let's say like maybe the Madison, like guiding on the Madison, like what does a typical okay. day for you look like? And, and also one thing I kind of want to talk about maybe as we get towards the end of the day is yeah. what do you do if you're not catching fish? Like what's your kind of, what are your kind of go-to things? Okay. Uh, but like right from the morning, like let's say we're going out yeah. first time we met you, what do we, what yeah. can we expect? 
And cool. I've never, so, fi- I never fished the Madison, but like, yeah. it looks like a beautiful oh, river. And I just like, would love to hear just the best. Oh it's man. Just the best. <laughs> so I just want to know what a day is like. Got when, when well, my day up. starts, my day starts the night before. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Makes sense. So I check, uh, I, I call you and you know, see what you want for lunch. Yeah. Make sure you don't have any, uh, crazy requests. Yep. Uh, call my lunches in, um, hose the boat off, pour a cocktail. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> then, uh, nice. you know, my, my fishing day is, um, what kind of cocktail, you know, what kind of cocktail? Typically, Ooh, uh, you know, summertime, I'm a vodka soda guy. Yeah. Okay. Classic. Um, one of my buddies the other day called it mom water and I got really offended. <laughs> <Mom>. <laughs> That's pretty awesome. And I'm like, what about dad water? And he's like, well, dad water is, is when you use white cloth for the mixer. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm going to do that. Yeah, yeah that right. sounds, sounds good. Yeah, like, can, can book, a, book into vodka soda with a vodka beauty. soda. <laughs> yeah. Right. Amazing. Um, okay. Yeah. So, uh, my fishing day, like I'm working 12 hours a day. Um, so I'll, I'll, I'll wake up early, um, you know, hook the boat up to the trailer, um, run to the gas station, um, go to the grocery store to get snacks, go to, uh, this place I get sandwiches here, um, called the picnic basket. Nice. Yep. Nice. It's, uh, like homemade, uh, fresh sandwiches and, um, the owner Sherry does a fantastic job for like fishermen ready lunches. Oh, that's nice, awesome. Nice. It's a great one. Cooler packed. And then, you know, depending on, uh, water temps and crowds is kind of when I, um, decide on a meeting time. Yeah. Um, yeah. you know, it's, uh, in the heat of the summer, we might get out, um, you know, not really first light, but early. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I might meet you at six fifteen. Yeah. Um, Typically, I'm floating, uh, you know, 12 to 16 miles a day of river. Decent, um, yeah. And yeah, and although you you saw the Madison moves, excuse me, moves at a pretty good clip, mm-hmm. um, and so we can cover a lot of water, mm-hmm. um, which is nice for you know guys like me that um, really enjoy fishing dry flies most of the time. Yeah, because. Uh, numbers wise, you could probably catch more fish, um, per mile on a bobber rig, Yeah, you know, sure. um, as you guys well know. Mm-hmm. Um, but in order to maybe make up for those numbers, we just cover more water. Yeah. All right. Yeah. 12 miles, 12 to 16 miles is, that's a decent amount of water. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, and we're back rowing. Um, I find a lot of times the harder I row and the slower my boat's going, the more fish I catch. Yeah, uh, would also makes sense, but it, it helps with the drift. You know, you can get a better drift um, sometimes. But yeah, yeah. So we, I row a 16 foot uh, fiberglass Clacka Craft drift boat. It's a nice. low profile, um, you know, because we have a lot of wind. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it, you know, it it handles uh, that river really well. It's got a lot of rocker, so um, it allows you to slow it down. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. Right. And, and move it around a lot pretty easily so it's a it's a great um real traditional design boat out here and, and very popular you see them we hit a lot of rocks because it's a fast shallow river yeah and we can put some damage on a drift boat um <laughs> but you see these clack of low pros that you know guides are still running after 12 15 years yeah 
<laughs> so they hold out. Wow. Jeez. Wow. 12. How long have you had yours for? Um, one year. <laughs> okay. So it's pretty recent. This I, one. I got a freshie last June. Yeah. Oh, sweet. Mm, nice. Nice. Yeah. So you're working out there too, like rowing, like, cause you say it's a fast moving water and oh, yeah. in order to get the right drift, you really got to row. Eh? Yeah. There's, there's no lily dipping yeah. on the nest. <laughs> yeah. If, uh, if you want to. No need for a gym that. membership. Yeah. Um, so, uh, you know, and traditionally like old, the old school guides like to do a streamside lunch with tables and chairs. Yeah. It seems like the trend is going away from that. People are like, I just want to fish. So let's eat the sandwich quick in the boat. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I kind of feel it out. Like some, some of my groups, um, that makes more sense. Yeah. Um, in which case there's a few places I prefer on the river. Yeah. Uh, for my lunch spots. And I get really upset if they're taken. Oh <laughs> man. Yeah. <laughs> I get that, man. I get that. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes, you know, I bring a little ant spray. Um, you know, I've got some, some money invested in my lunch spots and, you know, when people take the good ones, I'm like, dang. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That's tough, man. Cause that's, yeah. Like you say that, I mean, I guess one thing too, is like what typically, what are your client, like, who are your clients? Like who's a typical client for you? Cause I mean, there's probably a huge range, right? Being in Montana. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, I, um, have sort of stumbled into, a lot of clients that have been coming here for a long time, which is really fun. Um, and they have been guiding or they've been hiring the same guides that my family used to. Oh, cool. And that I fishing with. So like, I know that program, I know how they fish. And so their clients also know that program. And so it's really seamless. Like they, they know the angle of the cast, where the fly should be, where the fish should be. You know, they know like if I, if I row up towards the rock, you know, they're going to drift that fly up to the pillow yeah, and then pick it up and make a downstream cast in the slick. Right. You know, I don't have to you say, all right, pick it up. downstream in the slick. I don't have to say that a hundred times a day. Yeah. 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 Right. Well, that's um, kind of nice. Yeah. And if I have to, as say with people that don't know that program, it's fine. It's, it's, I enjoy teaching it. But yeah. So you do get a amazing. huge, yeah. A huge range. Um, I get a lot of Texans. Um, which is cool because like I said earlier about trying to relate to people from all over the place, different backgrounds. If I have somebody from the old neighborhood, like we have stuff to talk about all day and it's right. Right. Those folks tend to, oh, they're like, oh yeah, Matt from Dallas. Like we're definitely fishing with him. (laughs) (laughs) What about age group? Like, do you see a lot of, um, young new fly fly anglers or more like us? Yep. There's getting to be, um, we're getting to see that. Uh, I, I would say right now, like our age folks, um, are coming out to fish, but they might not necessarily be hiring guides. Mm. And about yeah. half of, half of my folks are, um, older, you know, retired and, um, they've been coming out here for 25, 30 years. Um, and then, but I'd say that it spans the whole range. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. uh, families for sure. And uh, w- what I hope is that those older folks that bring their families out, I hope their kids pick up the tradition of mm-hmm. coming to Montana and, you know, yeah. then, then sort of the, 
clients get passed down with the guides. Yeah. And that's mm-hmm. cool. That'd be super cool, man. That'd be awesome. Yeah, you end yeah. up with a cool lineage, you know? Yeah. And um, there's a lot of history behind those groups. It's, it's, it's really fun to fish those groups that have been fishing with those guides, you know, just like my family did back, you know, yeah, for years and years. Yeah. Yeah. Why did your um, grandparents like end up in Ennis? Like, why did they bring you to like, well, it's kind of funny. Like uh, Texans are pretty well known for taking over Colorado um, during ski season and uh, summer. Right. And uh, so my family was, um, you know, the typical Texan group that would go up to the mountains and my grandfather and a bunch of his buddies leased this uh, supposedly amazing high mountain um sort of uh there's a ranch way up in the the mountains above creed colorado um (laughs) but as his buddies were getting older um that altitude was starting to cause problems for those guys and one of them kind of knew a guy that was coming out to ennis montana and it's like instead of 10,500 feet it's 4,700 feet out here so um much easier altitude wise. And back then in the late eighties, um, this was a cowboy town that fished a little bit mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, um, it was a little different vibe, less of, less of a trout mega that it is now. Yeah. Um, but I can't even imagine what it would be like in the mid eighties to come out here and fish. I, I hear stories about it all the time and wish I would have been here. So has it changed? So it really has changed that, that much, eh? Since then? Um, yeah, just popularity. Yeah. Popularity, um, yeah. You know, uh, and it's easy to get to now, like super easy. There's nonstop flights to Bozeman from every major city. Yeah. It seems like, yeah. Um, which is, which is both good and, you know, well, I think it's great. I, yeah. I love, I love the business. I want people to come out here and experience it. Right. And take care of it. So have you seen a, yeah. a decrease or an increase in, I should say a decrease in um, environmental problems or anything that's sort of because of the no, popularity? Um, in fact, uh, you know, the Madison River, we're going through a little bit of a, um, imminent change. Um, right now it's unlimited outfitters. Oh, so wow. you still have to get like a specific outfitter permit, mm-hmm. um, but it's just something you pay for. Um, so, you know, if you guys went and got your Montana outfitter license, you could guide commercially outfit commercially on the Madison river. Um, so there's, um, it's, it's open, um, in that respect. Um, it does get crowded. Um, and they're during certain peak times, there tend to be maybe some conflicts between user groups, um, guides and outfitters have run-ins with, um, you know, some angry, uh, private trip or something. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Stuff that happens just with the concentration of folks and, um, and I'll be the first to say it does get crowded, especially like that salmon fly hatch. Um, uh, and last year we had an insane hopper, uh, year that started July 30th and went all the way through September and it, it word got out and, you know, Oh, man. guides from Livingston were over here guides from every, everywhere were over here fishing mm-hmm. um, so uh, I guess to bring it back to the health of the stream the river um, 
handles crowds really well. Mm -hmm. uh, it's, you know, it's a dam controlled river, but it acts in characteristic like a freestone as far as the way it's structured. Mm -hmm. um, Aldo, you've seen it. Um, there's not, especially upstream from town, there's, uh, we don't have like holes per se. Like it's a real shallow pocket water river. And so it spreads the fish out. Right. Uh, so in my opinion, and I think it's, it holds true is that it, it does hold up to that pressure. Um, the science behind it, um, the health of the fishery is, is scientifically it's great. Um, mm -hmm. This last study, I think it came out in 20, early 2019 is, uh, the fish numbers and um, those big fish numbers are down a little bit. But, you know, if that was a four or five year um, trend, that'd be something to worry about. But um, I, f I believe it's a cyclical deal, just like every fishery. Yeah. Um, yeah, back in 2008, the, I think, 07, 08, um, before I started guiding out here, the, uh, um, the dam broke. Um, up at Hedden Lake and so for eight years after that they were pouring water over the over the top oh, man. Um, instead mm. of at the bottom so it was yeah. two to three two to three degrees on average um, warmer than it should have been Jesus that long. seems like a pretty bad uh, mistake yeah. how, does the, how does the dam just break good lord yeah right I, I guess you know I wasn't on it we came like a month after that happened and yeah. fished but um said it, uh, the stories I heard from it is pretty wild. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. But it needless to say that that temperature increase um, changed the uh, aquatic mm -hmm. insects uh, and the hatch schedules and the size of the hatches, um, so on and so forth. So we're on our, this will be our third year um, since the dam got fixed. Okay. And we've all noticed uh, great, uh, changes right it's been really nice we used to when the dam was broken and they were pouring hot water over the top on the hot water we mm -hmm. were getting temperatures you know in the low 70s and Jeez. um i don't think it got over 68 last year okay fahrenheit that's good um and so instead of having to fish worms through august in hot water we were able to fish hoppers and caddis right ants. yeah right. Right. awesome I guess so. The, the some of the like challenges the river faces out there. I mean, it's like you say, the dam was something, but it's not like there's huge development and stuff around these around the river, right? Like that's pretty protected in terms of how wild it is. It is, and um, thankfully, there's uh, like a group called Montana Land Reliance, um, yeah. and their job is to set up conservation easements for a lot of these big cattle ranches that are finding it more financially uh, feasible to sell. Mm. Um, so folks are buying old ranches as a second home. Right. Um, so, you know, you pick up a, a 1600 acre ranch along the maps and, <laughs> yeah. um, that conservation, you um, sound like it's that easy. Yeah. That conservation easement, right. Yeah. It's the, just the $6 million of couch chain. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, uh, those are set up to where they can't subdivide that. Right. Okay. That's good. I mean, that's good. At least like there's this community yeah. that exists to protect yeah. it all. Cause like, yeah, it's a lot well, of land. Um, you know, going back to the crowds and, uh, mm -hmm. it being sort of open outfitting they they are 
devising these regulations nice. um, to cap the outfitters uh, on the river and set up some sort of, uh, you know, allocation of historical user days. So, you know, a guy like me might run, I might run my tags and run, operate, you know, independently, maybe 60 days out of my hundred days. So they would look at my last five years and say, okay, here you go. Matt Dotson gets 60 days on the Madison river for the rest of his life or for the rest of his outfitting career. Oh, wow. Um, hmm. So other rivers in the state have done similar things. And I think there's some good that comes out of it. Hmm. Um, obviously it does diminish the crowds, but you also have to take into account the economic effect. Yeah, totally. What it could, could do, you know, Ennis, Ennis is economically independent from a place like Bozeman. Uh, we've got our own economy here. And I, right. if, if things regulate too much, then we might um, lose a little bit of that. Right, right, right. Mm. Tougher to be tougher to guide as well and all that. Yeah. And if the, the hard part is if, if it's a scientific data that's leading toward um, regulating, you know, based on the health of the river and the ecosystem, yeah, that's one thing, but just saying, Oh, I, I felt like it was crowded. Yeah. And then basing, you know, going off of that and regulating that. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. That seems kind of weird. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it seems it less scientific for sure. Yeah. <laughs> it is, yeah. It is crazy. Uh, you know, like bankers hours during the salmon fly hatch. It is, it's nuts. Yeah. Out here. Yeah. It's crazy. Well, like you say, I, we've I, all seen the pictures of the salmon flies and you know, the fish yeah, freaking yeah. out. It's like, yeah, you know, like I was there in April yep. and I was camping at one of the put-ins and, you know, I'd get up in the morning and there'd be 12 drift boats and this is all, like off season. Yeah. yeah you know, sure. and it was like a Wednesday. Wow. Right. Um, yeah. It's uh, <laughs> some of those guys could have been, you know, guides day off type trips or, right. or but uh, it's, yeah, it's, um, it's a business yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And some people, you know, like I, I find myself kind of strategizing ways to avoid the crowds, Yeah, you know, maybe, um, maybe I'll fish like below the hatch, um, a little bit. So I'm, you know, I might get a little bit of early salmon flies and then, um, through the day go into like golden stones and caddis and do just as well. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. And or just put in later, you know, and I mean, in late June, just I mean, you guys have the same amount of sunlight. It, it's um, fishable till 9 oh, yeah. p.m. Oh, yeah. Uh, easy. Oh, so, I love those days, man. So fun. Those days are starting probably around yeah. eight, eight when it starts to get a little dark uh-huh. down. It's April. So, yeah. Yeah, it's noticeable. If uh, if we were all allowed outside more, it'd be great. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's the only problem. Yeah. It's pesky virus. I'm hoping for July. <laughs> I'm thinking, yeah. I'm thinking July. That's where... <laughs> Or sort of getting back to work. Our day yeah, job. Well, our day jobs, not your day job. Yeah, well. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think probably about right. We're all hoping. Um, you know, our our main trout season hasn't yet been affected uh, by the virus mm-hmm. um, since most of us get going like the third week of June. Right. 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 So we're hoping for some somewhat of a, a normality to yeah. set back in. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. Ours, ours is in about what two weeks, Aldo? Two weeks from now? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, trout yeah, opener is in like two weeks. Yeah. Right. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Yeah. So your your trout season up there. Um, I've fished like in Minnesota before, and they have a fishing opener. Yeah. Um, what's what's sort of the logic behind that? Is it for spawning fish, or or what's the point of having a, a fishing season? It's the spawning, right? Uh, spawning and yeah, just protecting fish when they're more vulnerable. Yeah. Yeah. And it's also it's different where you are in the province, right? Like we're in the most populated area in the province, so we have different regulations than let's say Northern Ontario where they might keep a season open all year round. Right. Yeah. So people can ice fish for them or whatever. Yeah. 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 We, uh, the Madison used to have a good chunk of the river closed um, from like mid March through uh, mid May Mm -hmm. for the rainbow spawn. Um, But then they realized that the, the rainbow population was thriving tremendously and they decided to open it up and, um, I almost wonder like, and of course the first couple of years after they opened it up, like spring fishing was just, um, lights out. Yeah. yeah. Um, but then you run the risk of the fishing public, not necessarily being able to identify and identify a red Yeah, and traipsing along or being like, Oh my God, look at those big fish. I'm going to rip a streamer through there and catch a bunch of them. Yeah. So I kind of, granted, I wasn't here and was fishing for bonefish and stuff, but uh, that time of year. But I'm kind of for for that, you know, in those spawning areas, leave those fish alone for a while. Well, especially like you say, like especially as more people start coming out to the rivers, you know, like that's really it. Like Southern Ontario gets hit hard, so you know, if you can, if there's any way we can sort of shorten that that amount of pressure that it gets, I think that's a good thing. Um, Yeah, because man, it's talk about yeah, like. I mean, we talk about Montana as being slammed. Southern Ontario, like, there's a lot of anglers and not that much trout water, I guess, for for what it is. So it's like, you know, but yeah, no, seasons could be good. I've been looking at videos of uh, pike. Oh, yeah, man. And my goal, you know, my goal was to buy a jet boat this spring. Yeah, um, that's pretty sick. I didn't <laughs> all those eyes. <laughs> all those eyes. And I, a fresh new boat in my driveway would... Um, would scare the crap out of me right now with no yeah. income coming. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But there's like, I've never caught a pike before. And I think, especially in certain like shallow water sight fishing scenarios, it yeah. would be the most exciting freshwater fish I could think of, maybe. Yeah, man. That's well, super I mean, fun. Got, they're fun. I think uh, we got lucky because um, we were fishing for river pike so they're a little bit more friskier than the ones in, in the lake so that was fun well, they had shoulders on them you know but like yeah but like when you're yeah. when you're fishing pike in like three feet of water on a sunny day and they're they can be pretty active and pretty pretty wild and they're so cool right. looking you know yeah and then you know we've got musky in certain places which i've never even tempted yeah i know our friend chloe yep um is all about that and mm-hmm. uh, i texted her this winter and i was like hey i'm thinking about getting a jet boat like maybe you should take me musky fishing (laughs) (laughs) that'd be sick maybe those plans are in the works if i ever get a boat yeah that'd be fun man that'd be fun musky yeah musky be super fun on the fly or when you're allowed to come up here and we'll take you bike fishing oh yeah yeah. bike fishing oh yeah repay repay the texas favor yeah yeah i've never fished in canada oh man Um, i've only been through western canada yeah 
Well, it's a lot different out here. I can tell you Ontario is uh, <laughs> not like not any close to, to that, but we'll definitely catch pike and walleye and fly. And yeah, okay, we'll, awesome. for sure we'll do some fishing up here. That'd be sick, man. Yeah. Um, so why don't we go back to that day? We're at lunchtime and that, and that oh, yeah, good yeah. day on the water. And you guys, let's say you, you had like a, you parked the boat at one of your favorite lunch spots. Yeah. You have a great lunch. You go back on the water. What's the rest of the day look like? Um, you know, we just hope that, uh, in the back of my mind, I'm feeling the wind all day. And, um, you know, we can get uh, kind of screwed by a North wind on the Madison. Yeah. You know, as soon as somebody says, oh my God, the wind stopped blowing. It's like, well, wait five minutes. Cause it's just turning around. Yeah. You know? Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, that north wind um, more than anything can ruin the drift right and it's not because the fish aren't there it's not because the fish aren't eating it's because that drift doesn't look right because you know the leader is landing behind the fly line yeah Mm -hmm. that's tough so so that's a that's a dry fly fisherman's uh guide's nightmare out here um but you know it's uh usually I'm, i'm taking off uh, about four, four thirty. Okay. Kind of in the heat of the day. That's a long day for people. Yeah. Um, the way I like to do it on the Madison is, um, standing up in the boat, yeah. you know, legs in the leg braces. Yeah. Um, because it's, it's a fast river. The, the water comes at you quick and, and you always have to be thinking ahead where my next cast is going to be. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And standing up just allows you to be more athletic. Yeah. Um, yeah. It allows you to see those fish come up and, and hit. You can maybe see them coming from three feet away. That's cool. Uh, sometimes. Yeah. And, um, uh, yeah, you can, it's all visual, right? You, you, yeah. you see that fish come up and try to eat your fly, which is uh, um, motivation. If you miss it, motivation to make <laughs> another cast and put it back in there. Yeah, at least you see it, too. That's pretty rad. That's yeah. that's super fun. Yep. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, I mean, being, living in Ennis, um, I never have to drive more than 40 minutes down the road to put the boat in. Yep. Um, and then we always float back towards town. So, um, you know, I can, uh, take my boat out of the river and get, drop my clients off at, you know, their house or VRBO or motel. And I'm in the backyard playing fetch with my dog two minutes later. Yeah. Yeah. That's it's awesome. Yeah. yeah. It's super cool, man. Yeah, yeah, just I, in time to another cocktail. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds like a pretty good day to me, man. I think like I think for a lot of people listening to this too, like you've got a pretty pretty awesome job. Yeah, yeah. I love it, and, and that's it's the only way to do it. I mean, um, there's there's no uh, incentive other other than loving this job. Yeah, yeah. right. There's uh, I you know we talked earlier about getting into guiding and. Mm-hmm. I think uh, a lot of folks get into guiding because they like fishing. Yeah. And, and honestly, that's why I got into it. I didn't know, you know, if I would take to it or not. I, I didn't know if it was going to be a one or two year and done deal and mm-hmm. move back to Texas or, or if I was going to do this uh, for the rest of my foreseeable career, which is, seems like what's, what's happening. But yeah. Um, you know, I think the guides that do make it, um, they've maybe their, uh, goals have changed from them being the ones that catch the fish to 
helping somebody else catch the fish and getting just as much satisfaction if, or if not more yeah. um, by, by being in that role. And that's what I've enjoyed. It's, it's, um, and I think I may have mentioned this on uh, maybe the last podcast we did, or at least in, in conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like it's like remote control fishing for me. It's like, like I get to coach that person into catching a fish. Right. You know, I'm catching that fish with their hands sort of. Yeah. And when that line goes tight, like, <laughs> you know, I get more excited when <sighs> your line goes tight than when my line goes tight. Yeah. That's pretty sick then. I mean, cause then you're, yeah, you're basically fishing every day. And that's when, yeah. And, and that's right. And, and, you know, after 80 days straight, um, on the Madison river, I can still wake up and look forward to going out there and mm-hmm. rowing. Yeah. That's lucky, man. Yeah. That's, that's a great. lot of work, man. Straight yeah. to no yeah. days off. Yeah. It's a lot of work, but the love for it that you have is, it's that's genuine and very rare i would say yeah and i i think a lot of it is um well hard work for sure and um uh knowing you know being in with the right folks and um that goes a long way and and i've been really fortunate to uh to have a lot of great mentors um, that are really well respected and um sort of helped me I think come along a little faster than what it might take normally. Yeah. So it's, I've been pretty fortunate. That's great, man. Yeah. Do you got 20 minutes? We could do a factor fishy with Yoma. Oh yeah. 20 minutes. Half an hour, 20 minutes. Go, I don't know. Yoma. No, another, another, another hour. <laughs> <laughs> These guys, I tell you. Um, Yoma's uh, got a factor fishy he prepared for today. And I don't know, like the last yeah. one was, I don't know, Yoma. <sighs> <laughs> are you familiar with uh, F- uh fact of fishy matt yeah i am um and uh i, I play the game often when i listen to your podcast so. <laughs> right <on>. oh nice, <laughs> nice. That's awesome. yeah they're not well scripted or well um written but you know i try to give like the cole's notes you know okay. because i don't want i want all all three or four um stories yeah. to sound like it's coming from the same voice right and i try to give it a a, a title Mm-hmm. Which is which is terrible because I'm not a writer. <laughs> Mitch is a writer. I love it. Yeah, take us yeah. into a factor fishy, baby. Okay, so uh, the first one I'm calling. Um... <laughs> oh God, <laughs> I'm calling um, in her arms. Um, in her arms. <laughs> in her arms. <laughs> so <laughs> we have a lot. Cottage country is like a, it's a big thing in obviously Northern Ontario and we love it. We love to get out there. So um, a couple, they're fishing for some small moths on their lake. Um, and the gentleman hooks into, um, hooks into a nice small mouth, pulls it, jumps, because small mouth love to jump as they do, the little acrobats that they are, and lands in <laughs> his, his, his wife's arms. Okay. That's why I've called it in, in, in her arms. So, uh, fact of fishy. That's the story. They're fish couples fishing on a lake, and the bass jumps out of the water into her arms. Into her arms. Uh, <laughs> it's a nice story. After hook, the fish was hooked. Oh yeah, fish was hooked. Okay, yeah, I'm gonna say fact. All right. How, what kind of boat was it? Do you know? It's not a boat. They're on the dock. Oh, on the dock. On the dock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh. Go. <laughs> That's a fact. I don't know, man. Uh, I'm gonna go with. Take your time, you know. It's not a buzzer beater. 
I'm going to go with fishy because it just sounds like something you wish would happen with a girlfriend you might have one day. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm going <laughs> to say fact so, two. I'm going to say fact two because I feel like this is something that this could happen. But man, small like it's that's plausible. A, that's it's a decent. Plausible. That's a decent jump. But I don't yeah. know how low the Aldo, dog what was. Were your, what were your majors in, in university again? Uh, sociology and political science. Right. Sociology. Um, Aldo is very good at tapping into may, which ones are fact or fishy based on my personality and the types of stories that I picked. Well, I think typ- typically when you write a fishy story, it's about a fishy. girl. <laughs> yeah, if it's about a girl, it's definitely fishy. Yeah. <laughs> Some love story that I made up. One time I was with this girl. Oh, yeah, fishy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> no, you weren't. <laughs> that was fishy. Okay, right on. That was fishy. Nice. All right. Uh, the next one. The next one I'm calling. Matt, have you have you caught a smallmouth on, on a fly? No, and that's another um, thing I have oh, to you do. you got to come to Northern Ontario. Because they're everywhere yeah. up here, man. Pike yeah. and smallmouth will do it. I, yeah. do it. I mean, everybody always says it's like the most, uh, you know, pound for pound, the, the hardest fighting freshwater fish. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. And they'll eat like top water and stuff. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. I, I always catch my smallies on top water, majority of them, anyways. They're so if, fun. If, and if you can get them, like you almost saying, like the pike in the rivers, if you can get the smallies in a river, oh, man, shoulders. because they have to fight the current, they are strong. Yeah. They are strong. I, I, I had a smallie on um, the Maitland River uh, over uh, when Aldo and I went out for some st- for steelhead, and I thought it was a steelhead. That's how powerful it was. Yeah, they fight, they pull yeah. for sure. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Right. Second factor, fishy. Are we ready? Uh, calling this one rattlesnake. Okay. Yeah. Right. So, um, well, I chose to write about this one uh, because you know you're from you know you you guide in Texas. So I thought rattlesnake. I mean, there's rattlesnakes everywhere. But yeah. Uh, this this one was at the the Brazos River in Texas. Yeah. I did some research, so this could be factor fish. You don't think it's as factor? Sorry, what's the name of the river? Did I say it right? I don't know what it. What, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 Okay. Nice. I know it. Okay. I know it well. Okay. So maybe he did some research. I'm already thinking this is fishy, but I've okay. done, I always, I always do research, always, yeah. because I don't want anybody to think that this is fact or fishy too quickly. You know, you guys have to have. This is an intellectual conversation. All right. Okay. Um, and uh, so it was a guide, and he took out a couple of friends, or sorry, a couple of um, clients, and. They weren't catching all day, so he jumped off the boat, went to the, <laughs> went to the, um, what do you call it, the, the side of the river, grabbed a rattlesnake and fished for largemouth, the rattlesnake, pulling out a 10-pound largemouth. Fact of fishy. Okay, I'm going to dissect this a little bit. So, okay. guy gets his clients, nothing's happening all day. He's like, mm-hmm. I know what'll work. He jumps out of the <laughs> boat, yeah. and he catches by hand a rattlesnake? Yeah. But but not by hand. Ch- he, 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 he. Does he chop it up or does he use the whole thing? I don't know. <laughs> he doesn't think he, about it. Like puts it, like uses it as. He uses it as bait. That's correct. I I have heard. Yeah. That a largemouth bass will eat a rattlesnake. So. Oh man. Really. Without knowing. The size of this snake. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to, you know, I'm going to go with it and I'll, I'll say fact. I, I'm a, I'm an optimist, you know? You are. So am I. 
My I life's mean, good. My life's good. Too. Largemouth eating snake. <laughs> yeah, I mean, okay. Mm-hmm. And it was a fly fishing trip? Or just a fishing trip? Fishing trip. Okay. Yeah, okay. I'm going to might... go, f- go fact. Yeah, I'll go fact, too. Oh, wow. Good job, guys. That's oh, fact? Right. Yeah, Yay! <laughs> good job, guys. I mean, I would love to see him try and do this. Do you have, like, a follow-up? Uh, I got pictures. I didn't look into the, into it, but there's like a follow. Uh, there's a follow up to this story. Hold on. Just like a background, like yeah, yeah, it was like Earl of Earl's fishing guides down yep. in like yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, I'll send I'll send it to you guys. Later. Send it. We'll post it in the was... show notes. Okay, cool. My best friend uh, from Texas. He actually lives in Bozeman now, but his family has a place on the Brazos. Um, oh, nice. And they have like a sand bass run. Okay. Uh, hmm certain certain times of the year i think it's spring um they go down there with fly rods and streamers and oh nice uh, those uh sand bass are like smaller um warm water bass and uh and then he also catches big gar oh um, yeah but he just uses red uh, like yarn okay and Mm -hmm. like strips it over the face and then they bite and roll yeah 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 Yeah. nasty looking yeah, man, those those Texas gar are crazy looking. After we had um, Aaron Reed on the show, I was Googling just like fishing in Texas and stuff, Central te- Texas, and I was like, man, those gar, gar fishing's crazy there. Yeah. It'd be yeah. fun. It's the third time I'm hearing about it. Yeah, yeah. be cool to do. Yeah. There's gar in Ottawa. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. There's, uh, there's a bunch um, in Rockport, actually, you'll see when, you know, if you get a big rain um, in those... <laughs> Uh, on the inland side, mainland side of, of those bays. Yeah. You'll think you're about to throw at a giant, you know, redfish and it's a gar. Oh, man. Um, Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Place is in crazy. fact, I think that guy, Aaron, was his name Aaron? I think he yeah. was talking about seeing yeah. big yeah. gar. Uh, yeah, big alligator gar. Yeah. 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 It's a diverse fishery. Well, good job, Yelma. You, 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 uh, you didn't stump us. <laughs> you got one more? <laughs> Good job. yeah i got one more um so i mean i don't condone bow fishing but um this is a bow fishing story um so asian carp everybody's about, heard about asian carp oh, yeah. um they are invasive in certain areas this one particular being in, in louisiana um and so they start to jump there's so many of them to jump in across the boat um, into the air over the boat they decided to take out their bow fit they're both their bow and arrows or whatever and <laughs> shoot. <laughs> yeah i always like so the thing with all these stories i always stumble at some point um and then they started to shoot like okay. shooting a fish in a barrel basically and catching their um, asian carp on bow and arrow factor fishy so they're picking them off in the air? In the air. Sorry, yeah. I should have been more clear. They're picking them off in the air. I've seen them do this, man. That's fact. I've, wow. seen, I've seen this. I've seen video I'm gonna go, clips. I'm going to go fact. I'm going to go fact, too. I was going to call, like, fiction on account of technicality. Like, maybe it wasn't in Louisiana. But yes. Yeah. I'll yeah. join the crowd. Oh, it wasn't. You're right. It's in Illinois. Sorry. I so he got that, that wrong. Read that, I read that wrong. Nice. Jeez. I was wondering yeah, about that. Louisiana doesn't seem like right, you know, like they don't, do they have Asian carp in Louisiana? I'm pretty sure it's a problem in the Mississippi. In the does Mississippi. Mississippi go through Louisiana? Yeah, it does, right? Yeah. Dumps into Louisiana. Yeah. Yeah. 
the Madison River dumps into Louisiana. Oh no way! Yeah. Well, it's it's the head, one of the headwaters, one of the three headwaters uh, streams of the of the Missouri. Right. Right. Flows into the Mississippi. Oh wow! Right. Crazy. Yeah. So that was fact, Yoma. Yeah, that was fact. Like sort. Was- uh, Matt was Matt was the closest because he yeah, knew Matt's something right. was up. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I can't like dock you guys too much because you're Canadians, you know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> exactly, exactly, man. I don't know what's going on. Yeah. I was I was strategic in what I picked. That's like me trying to talk about like, you know, the Yukon or you know something. That I don't know about. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. I don't know if we know that much about it either. <laughs> I'd love to. I'd love to go up there, man. Oh I'd love God. to go to the Yukon. Oh my God, that'd be crazy. Grilling. I went there. Talk about Pike. There were nothing but caribou. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, you did go there once? Yeah. Well, I, I went to Alaska one summer and I drove. Oh. Um, so oh. I drove up the Alcan. Yeah. And I drove back down the Cassier Highway. So I got sort of Alberta, BC, a um, uh, little bit of the Yukon and yeah. Northwest Territory. Like yeah. A little corner of it. Yeah. And, nice. Nice. That's yeah. Sick. And then across the border uh, back into Alaska and when they asked me um, if I had any alcohol to declare, and I said I had a fourth of a bottle of Dr. McGillicuddy, and the, the customer <laughs> guy laughed at me. <laughs> Amazing. Felt like less of a man. You know? <laughs> yeah. Did you go for any grailing up there? Or up north? Um, I actually did catch some grailing. Um, I was actually up there for um, some climbing and mountaineering, but I got like a couple days free. And where I was, we were too close, um, too close to the toes of the glacier to have like, rainbow or salmon run or anything like that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. There were some uh, Dolly Varden, and um, the lakes had did have some. Uh, I forget what species of salmon. They had small rainbows, and that's actually where I caught my first grayling. Oh, nice. well, nice. rad! Amazing. Yeah. So good. So, good factor, fishy. Yelma, that was good, man. Thanks, man. Well, you know, it was fun. Yeah. Better day by day. <laughs> yeah, very, very nice. Um, so you guys are uh, still on the books to come out here if everything settles down, yeah? Yeah, totally, oh, man. Totally. That'd be amazing, man. Oh, hoping so. You want to see, uh, I'll show you. Oh my God, yeah. Where I'll uh, have you guys staying if that all works out. Yeah. Right across the street. Oh, oh yeah. awesome. Look at that. <laughs> that's like an airbnb awesome. there? yeah oh perfect that'd be they, so uh, fun perfect huh. my in-laws rent it um so often that they took it off the internet yeah <laughs> oh okay so, like i just like if i have people coming in town i just call them and line it up oh man that's yeah. sick. nice that's amazing thanks thanks man. yeah man if everything goes back to you know uh, some form of normalcy we'll be, yeah. we'll be there for cross sure. our fingers, right yeah 100 mm-hmm. cross our fingers yeah. 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 Well, Matt, it's... I got to say thanks for coming on the show, man. Man, yeah, it was great catching up. It was um, so fun. Yeah, man. On. This Zoom thing's pretty cool. I, uh, yeah. I know. They, they've they given free. So they, based a little background, I they usually, if you're not signed up as an actual member or paying for it monthly, they um, they cut you off after 40 minutes. But yeah. based on COVID, they're allowing, they're giving it free, free trials. Yeah. For oh, what are we more. paying for then? Yeah, what are we paying for? We paid so twenty I, bucks. I know. So I just I just found this out on Sunday because I use it because my dad 
his his Macintosh or his he has an old iPad, so he couldn't FaceTime more than two people. Huh. So we had to use Zoom, and for, when forty minutes hit, they're like, "Hey, there's a gift for us. Use it unlimited." During Son of a bee. Well, we're paying twenty bucks a month, but whatever. That's cool. <laughs> hey, you know, feed the economy, Mitch. Yeah, whatever. Uh, yeah, whatever. <laughs> um, you guys yeah. Been What's that? What have you guys been tying? What flies? Oh man, I haven't been tying uh, really. Squirmies. Squirmies. Yeah. I, <laughs> I mean, um, squirmies and and just restocking my nymphs for. Yeah. Hopefully, trying to get a trout season going. I'll give you my quick show and tell. Yes. I got my wireworm. Not the mm-hmm. oh, yeah. yeah. wormies. That's so. That's what when I was on the bow. That's what they had us using. Okay. We're yeah. wireworms, and that 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 worked really well. So they kind of have like um, you're either for them or against them. Um, they have a reputation of hurting the fish. Uh, right. Like some of the ones you buy are like huge, mm, like a mm-hmm. four. So I, I found the smallest caddis hook that I could find here is an eight. Yeah. And it doesn't it doesn't gaff the fish in the head. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, exactly. I was pretty shocked like when they pulled out the the like I was with some guys from the Bow River Trout Fitters and yeah. they're like, yeah, they pulled out um yeah, the size of the worm was huge. I was like, I was like, whoa, that is a big fly. It's like a harpoon. <laughs> oh man. And yeah. then uh, we were talking about gotchas. Um so there's oh, there's nice. my andro. Oh, it's gorgeous. Andro's gotcha. That's rad. Nice. That's nice. Well, big profile, you know. If they yeah. If they see it, they'll eat it. Right. It. And then uh, I want to fish Andrew so bad. Oh my God, me too. Is my little cinnamon. This is my, probably my favorite uh, dry fly, or not my favorite dry fly, but probably the one I fish most with clients. Yeah. It's, uh, it's a little cinnamon chubby. Oh, I love uh, it. Basically. Oh, cool. That's cool. But with the tan wing. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Um, but anybody can float it, and then I tie it with this. Um, wide gap hook yeah and and we don't lose as many like they those those fish stay hooked with that thing nice that's rad what's what's the rest of your afternoon look like do you want to do a tie-in video with us like a youtube video yeah 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 Yeah. (laughs) so am i so so is all though yoma might have to leave to go do some work my wife doesn't care what i do i uh I, it was really nice meeting you. I got to leave. I got to do some uh, work, work, um, and get myself organized because it's a big right. weekend for um, for Mitch and I at the Hive. Uh, but uh, but yeah, but you know, do you know what though? Like, <laughs> thanks, Matt, for coming on the podcast, and anybody for listening to the yeah. podcast. Go to our YouTube channel because you'll see this video on our YouTube channel, and we'll get actually those flies that Matt just talked about. We'll show them to camera, and then the three of us will uh, will tie. We'll do some blindfolded tying and see how good uh, Matt can uh, tie blindfolded. What do you think, Matt? Whoa! That's, <laughs> never tried it. Yeah, it's whack. It's, it's it's uh it's whack, but uh, yeah, you just, you'll just need a buff. Yeah, just get a yeah. buff, and yeah. we'll put it over our eyes, and maybe I'm gonna get a beer, and then uh, I'll get my voice. Hey, I just, wait, wait, wait! I just what? want to remind you guys because uh, we're gonna post a picture of this on social. So take a take a nice picture of your fly once it's done, and we'll choose and we'll put it up there. Okay? <laughs> yes, Yoma. But yeah, Matt, thanks for I mean, thanks for showing yeah. us a great time in Texas and actually oh, making man. that whole yeah. thing happen. Yeah, yeah, and, man. Uh, and thanks for inviting us to Montana because man. Totally. We are stoked to come, and oh, if yeah. whatever for whatever reason it doesn't happen this year, we're coming. Yeah, yeah it's uh, we'll keep it on the books regardless of. Uh, oh, 100 percent next year. So. 
Absolutely. Like I can't stress enough how beautiful the Madison is. What a great fishery it is, and how what a cool place Ennis is. Like, I appreciate uh, appreciate you having me on. Like it's, it's I've done a couple podcasts uh, talking about Texas, but I've never been able to uh, chat so much about um, my home here on the Madison. So that yeah. was nice. Man, I'm sure I, I anticipate more. If we do come down in August, we'll definitely do a show then, and uh, we'll be all together then, which will be nice. But um, you guys, yeah, you guys are gonna love Ennis. Oh God, like, I can't wait to see it, man. The pictures, you, of you guys just, are gonna love it. <laughs> it's gonna be so fun. Yeah, I can't wait. Well, everybody at home, thanks for listening to the show. That's it for me, Mitch Aldo. Bye, Yoma. See you guys. And Matt. Adios. You can find all of SoFly's content at SoFly.ca. On Instagram, we're at the SoFly Crew. You can reach us at thesoflycrew at gmail.com with any questions, comments, or concerns. On Facebook, we're SoFly, and our podcast is available on SoundCloud, iTunes, and Spotify.